Today, I want to welcome our first guest, Quentin Collette, PhD Director of New History. Based in Minneapolis, the New History team leverages history to unlock the economic, community, and cultural value of existing buildings and sites. Thank you for being here today, Quentin. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me, Mayor Mouton. I'm really happy to be here and delighted to participate in this monthly podcast today. Absolutely. Well, before we get to business, we've met previously. You were at a city council meeting. And I noticed a little bit of an accent. (laughs) And I noticed it because my parents have a similar accent. And so where are you from originally, Quentin? Yeah, no, I think, and I was actually amazed by the way that you were able to to decipher and detect my accent. You're totally right. Uh, I am from uh, Belgium, uh, from the Flemish Brabant area, near the area of Leuven, or Louvain in French. Um, I actually grew up in Belgium, um, and my my mother tongue is French, but I do speak Dutch as well. Well, so we have many things in common. We both love history. We both love this project we're going to be talking about, but I was surprised to hear that you were from Belgium. I thought you were from France, Mm -hmm. based on your accent. Um, But what's amazing is that my family is from this area of Belgium. (laughs) What a coincidence. It is. It is. So I am going to say it's safe to assume that you love all things Belgian, including Belgian chocolates, Belgian pastries, bread, French fries, muscles. Yes, Yes, all of the above. Yes, we love to eat. And anybody who knows me knows I love my food. So. so am I totally right. Oh, yeah. wonderful. And a good glass of wine never hurts either. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, good. Well, it's so great to have you here today. Yes. And so I want to talk a little bit about new history and certainly your role. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do for new history. Sure. Uh, I am a director at New History, and maybe I can back up a little bit. Uh, so I studied in Brussels, in Belgium. I hold a PhD in architectural engineering uh, with an emphasis on historic preservation, construction history, and uh, preservation technology. During my PhD in Brussels, I combined research with teaching activities, and I also gave uh, lectures at national and international uh, conference with publication in professional journals. Following my completion of my PhD, I actually moved to Austin in San Antonio, Texas, where I worked as a project engineer for a structural engineering firm specialized in historic preservation. And more recently, in 2018, I joined New History, which is a building reuse and historic preservation consulting company based in Minneapolis and founded by Megan Elliott. As a director at New History, I provide building documentation and assessment design solutions, and project management services to our projects and clients by valorizing my multidisciplinary background in business management, specialized experience with the assessment and design of historic structures, and construction history. Our main motto, if I may say, at New History is that we strongly believe that use is the best form of preservation, and I think that the Section Foreman House is actually a great example. Uh, we, We strive to leverage history to unlock the economic community, and cultural value of existing buildings and sites, including the Session Foreman House. And this is typically achieved by four buckets of services, core services that we provide. One is project leadership for reuse. Two is historical consulting. Three, historic architecture. And four, historic tax credit certification. Well, it sounds like we're going to be in very good hands. Um, Certainly an expert in the field. Uh, And interestingly, I was perusing the University of Minnesota Extension site, and they do quite a few studies 
on the economic benefits of reusing historic buildings as well. Um, and I didn't know that those studies were out there, but in terms of labor and the economic vitality it brings to a specific location. So that's great to hear. And we're, we're glad uh, you're part of this team and, and helping guide this um, along the way. Sure. So my next question is really about um, new history and the partnership, and you've worked with the city of Wyzetta and the Wyzetta Conservancy um, and other key project stakeholders to develop a plan to successfully reuse the Section Foreman House as part of our larger Panaway project. Um, our plan is to have the house be used as a vibrant lakeshore learning center, um, continuing the legacy of small town um, uh, small town, a small house, and um, a community asset. Tell us a little bit about the history of the Section Foreman House and what it means to Wyzetta and specifically its previous use and how that's going to translate into its future use. Sure, of course. The Wyzetta Section Foreman House has quite a fascinating story looking at the historical research that we conducted on the house. Um, as some of you may know, the Section Foreman House is located approximately one half mile east of the depot, and it was constructed in 1902 by the Great Northern Railway. Like numerous other section houses constructed by the Great Northern and other railroad across the United States, the Wyzada Section Foreman House was built to house the foreman, who was the person responsible for maintaining a several mile segment or section of railroad tracks in and around Wyzada. By 1908, as was typical at section houses, the building housed not only the section foreman house, but also his family. Designed according to stock plans for the Great Northern's iconic two-story section house, the Wyzada section foreman house was expanded to the south with a one-story extension and modernized by the railroad in the early 40s. Later on in the early 60s, the house was further extended to the south with the porch addition that we see today facing the lake. The house was occupied by a succession of section foremen and their families until 1962, when the railroads decommissioned the building and sold it to a private owner. It was subsequently acquired by the city of Wayzata in the late 20th century. Unlike other section houses, which were often relocated away from the railroad tracks after decommissioning, the Wayzata section foreman house has remained in its original location and it retains a strong association with the railroad in the community. In recent years, the city of Wayzata and the community have further strengthened their commitment to preserving the railroad history by documenting and stabilizing the Section Foreman House. The historical significance of the house has been recently recognized both at the local and the federal level with the designation of the building made by the city as a local heritage preservation site in 2019. And in 2021, the building was also listed in the National Register of Historic Places which is the official list of the nation's historic places worthy of preservation. Well, that's amazing. And is there a general rule of thumb in terms of how old a building needs to be uh, to qualify um, to be on the National Registry? Yes, that is a great question. And generally speaking, uh, there is a 50-year rule, 50 rule period that applies to building. Uh, so as a minimum... Uh, it's a typically 50-year rule that we would apply um, to qualify potentially and being eligible for listing in the National Register of Historic Places. Well, that's exciting. So as we look forward, what is um, New History's role uh, with the Section Foreman House? Sure. 
Uh, since 2019, New History has been engaged as the historic preservation and building reuse consultant for the Section Foreman House. New History has been working with the city, project partners, and stakeholders to plan for the reuse of the Section Foreman House since 2019 through the development of a couple of tools uh, that were developed. First, we completed a condition assessment update of the city of the building, excuse me, uh, to update the existing condition of the building, and that information was used to inform construction documents for stabilization that were prepared. The main goal of those documents was to prevent further damage to the building and prepare the building for the next steps, which is the reuse of the Section Foreman House as a vibrant lakefront learning center. We also developed a street preservation based design framework for reuse. And the purpose of that document was to provide guidance for future design decisions. On a similar note, we worked on a plan for reuse, which is a framework, an organized and efficient framework for future uh, project planning and decision making. In a more recent past, in 2020, New History prepared the National Register of Historic Places nomination for the Section Foreman House. And as we just mentioned, that was successfully listed the year after in 2021. This is a big, big win for the project and for the city of Waisada and the community. Absolutely. Since it's unlocking um, funding opportunities for the building. And that year in 2020, New History also supported fundraising efforts by the Waisada Conservancy. In 2021, New History assisted the city with the selection of the project architect for the rehabilitation of the Section Foreman House as the Lakefront Learning Center as part of the Panaway on Waisada Bay project. And this year in 2022, uh, we are excited to continue supporting the city of Waisada and the project team by advising on design solutions that would meet historic preservation design standards and best practices for restoration. Well, that last piece is really interesting. Um, can you tell me a little bit about anything, um, because we're on the National Registry, that would preclude us from any specific types of changes? Are there limitations to what we can do because it's designated as a historic building? That's a great question. Generally speaking, uh, the fact of being listed on the National Register does not preclude you from doing any work on the building. However, it's best practice, of course, to, res to respect and kind of celebrate this character and significance of the building. But technically, as a building owner, um, it's not because you are, uh, the building is listed on the National Register that there are specific requirements or restrictions that would apply to the building owner. Well, that's, that's great. And so I'm really looking forward to the designs. I'm looking forward to certainly our continued partnership uh, through this process. Quentin, thank you so much for being here today and for being my guest. Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing uh, the Section Foreman House in its full glory um, in a matter of time. So thank, thank you. you. Yes, thank you very much again for having me, Mayor Mouton, and I agree with you. I think that we are all very excited to see this project moving forward and uh, reopening it to the public as a lakefront a learning center would be a, a great success for, for everyone. So Absolutely. thank you. Next, I'd like to welcome Nick Kieser, our Parks Planner at City Hall and the expert on all things Section Foreman House. Hi, Nick. Well, thanks for having me. I was just thinking it's nice to see kind of the evolution of the podcast so far. I mean, last time we got a lot more upgrade equipment and everything. It's, it's kind of fun to Isn't see. Isn't this neat? Since it, last time I was here, yeah. It feels like we're uh, 
on the radio. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Really well, does. for my vast listening audience, <laughs> I welcome you. I look forward to our discussion today about the Section Foreman House. You are the preeminent expert in this field for all things that are happening today and the future of the Section Foreman House. So let's jump right in. All right. First of all, I want to start with um, chatting further about what the section foreman house is today. And then we'll just kind of talk our way through what it we plan on uh, doing in the future um, yeah. and your role through all of that um, and all of our stakeholders too, because it's not just yeah. council and you, there are a lot of people exactly. and a lot of moving parts to this. Yeah, so um, it was good we had Quentin on earlier, kind of describing the history of the house a little bit, but this has been a project and idea for for many years. Um, I've been with the city for just a little over three years and I've worked on it since day one, since I've been here. And I know for a fact that it's been a lot of stakeholders, a lot of groups involved um, with it even before, before I was here. So it's exciting to kind of see the momentum we're building up uh, with the section foreman house. Obviously it's been a house that's been kind of neglected in the past and now we're kind of on our way to restoring it into a cool new amenity for the community. And in my role, kind of specifically, like you said, uh, Mayor, there's a lot of stakeholders involved with this. Um, we did create a design review committee to kind of go over the section foreman house that we'll probably touch on a little bit later here too. So I'm just kind of one member in in a in in that big group of stakeholders there. So um, my role within the within the city and within that committee is really to bring everybody to the table that we need to have at the table. Um, and to give everyone, you know, the voices and and make sure their opinions and feedback is heard. Because in the end, I mean, this is going to be a, a community building, the Lakeshore Learning Center, um, that we really want to have everybody involved, everyone on the same page. And and hopefully that will lead to uh, an area and, and the house itself being able to be used for many years in the future. Um, I mean, that's always our final goal. So I'm excited to be a part of that team. And and excited about the project. Absolutely. So I, I definitely want to talk about the design committee, but I also want to talk about, um, Quentin had mentioned that the city purchased uh, the section foreman house in the latter part of the 20th century. I'm not entirely mm -hmm. sure when, maybe the 1980s yeah, or so. Yeah, that's about right, yep. And what has been the use for the house up until today? Yeah, so, I mean, as the city has owned it, um, from my understanding, it had been rented out a few times maybe um, to some other community members as the city owned it. But then um, since then, it's been kind of vacant, more or less. Um, we've used it for some other things, but it hasn't been um, habitable for a while. So it's just been kind of sitting there waiting for this for this opportunity that we kind of have now be able to restore and uh, preserve the house. And what's fascinating is it is such a hidden gem. Right. I mean, it is prime lakeshore. It's tucked away. Um, I lived in town for years before I even knew it existed right. Right. and that it was a city-owned property. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to hear about uh, what the future of it is intended to be, right, to get into the details, yeah. but specifically about the design committee. Um, who are the members of the design committee and what are they charged with in that role? Yeah. And, and when I was prepared for the podcast today, I kind of counted out how many people we had 
on the design review committee. And it's at least 17 members we have on the design review committee. Um, so with city staff itself, uh, obviously I'm involved in the design review committee, but there was a few aspects to the committee itself that we wanted to have, make sure we had included um, as we're going through this process. So the first being um, the historical aspect of the design review committee. So we have the Wyzetta Heritage Preservation Board and then the Wyzetta Historical Society. And we really wanted them involved because obviously the section former house is still standing because of its historical significance. So we want to make sure we didn't lose that in, in our course for uh, the preservation and restoration of the house. So we wanted them to be included. And then looking towards the future, uh, we wanted the educational um, teachers and, and, and programmers to be involved in this committee too, because at the end of the day, we want this house to be used um, as a Lakeshore Learning Center. So we want to make sure those uh, programmers have what they need uh, to be able to use the house in efficient and, and good way. So uh, we have the YMCA is involved, the Sailing Center, which we're at today, is involved, um, and then Wyzetta Community Ed is also involved too. So all those groups do a bunch of different programs and classes around Wyzetta, and even some actually do some at the Section Foreman House right now um, outside too. So it was really important to get them involved too, just looking towards the future of the programming of that space. And then we also have the Conservancy, the Wyzetta Conservancy. Obviously, they're going to be a huge factor in this and helping us get it funded um, to be able to finish the project, essentially. Um, and then we have a, a couple of council members on there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure we have that elected voice on there too. And then you just heard from Quentin from New History. Again, kind of speaking towards that historical voice too. Uh, bringing that to the forefront as well. And then at the very beginning, uh, when we created this committee, the first task was to um, engage a consultant to help us with this work. So we also have Cushing Terrell as our consultant working with us on this project too. So they've been kind of helping us move this project forward with the, um, from the schematic design, design documents, all that kind of technical stuff too. So Again, it's, it's a lot of different stakeholders involved in this process and in this group itself, but we wanted to make sure everyone was at the table um, as we go through this process. So it's been, it's been fun, actually, having everybody involved and everyone seems to be on the same page so far moving forward. Well, that's great. So we have New History, Cushing Terrell, and we have you leading the charge uh, with a lot of other people who are providing input. Where does the project stand now? Yeah, so good question. We, we have a lot of momentum so far, which is really uh, good to see. So right now, the Design Review Committee has worked on creating um, schematic designs for the Section 4 So tell, tell us, our listening audience, what a yeah. schematic design is. Yeah, you could kind of think of it as, as somewhat of a concept plan. So when you really look at it, you know, we'll have an aerial view, a bird's eye view of the house, kind of seeing what the exterior would look like. Um, and what some of the landscaping and, and different items outside the house would be. And then moving inside, we pretty much just work on the floor plan uh, of the section foreman house. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty small house if you, if you think about it. Um, I think the main level is just a little over a thousand square feet in area, which the public, that's really what the public would be using. So um, we really wanted to focus on, there's a few stipulations preserving the historical aspect of the house that you need to keep in mind. 
So there's kind of limitations what you could do with change around the floor plan and everything. So um, when we look at the schematic designs, that's really um, what we're looking at. What can we change? What can't we change? Um, what kind of programming would be in this space? How can we accommodate that kind of stuff? And start to uh, piece out each room, uh, essentially. And, and that's kind of where we got to the schematic design. So then now, if that does get approval, which is actually going to the council on, on May 17th uh, for approval, along with one other entitlement thing too. So if that gets approved, then we'll start working on uh, what we call design documents and then construction documents. So that's when we really start getting more into the real details of, of the plan too. But I think the concept or schematic design plans are really one of the most important parts because that's really what's going to give us the broad idea of what we want the section foreman house to be and how it'll work. So once we get that figured out, we'll start working on the details and, and bring that forward. So, um, we're, we're kind of at the tail end of the schematic concept design plan. So if people want to see them. I mean, it'll be in council packets too, to get a better idea of what I'm actually talking about yeah. with those plans. Well, that's exciting. And, and people can go and check those out on our website, yzeta.org. Yeah under agendas and minutes, I believe. And um, and so Cushing Terrell, then at that point, assuming that this passes at the council meeting, this mm-hmm. current phase, yep. um, then that's really where they roll up their sleeves, right? They're an architectural firm. Right. And so that's where they get down to load-bearing walls and exactly. all of the materials that will be needed and bidding things out. Yep. Which brings us to my next question, which is, you know, this is an old building. Um, that has not been inhabitable for quite some time. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done structurally and aesthetically. Yep. How is this being funded? Yeah, good question. So it's, it's not coming from any city funds, um, mainly alongside with the rest of the Panaway project. We're really relying on private donations and, and grant funding. So it's kind of what more or less kickstarted this process or got it a lot of bit got quite a bit more momentum with the project is the funding that we've already received. So we did receive two grants so far for the house. The first being from the Minnesota Historical Society. We got around $50,000 to do the actual um, design documents, construction documents, you know, creating those plan sets. Um, so that's kind of where we're working with that funding right now with Cushing Terrell and the Design Review Committee. And then we recently got um, a grant from the Great Northern Railroad for $25,000, just in general for the whole project for the section foreman house, which is exciting. And then we have gotten a few private donations, the largest being from the Sandvold family for $250,000. So that's a big step forward um, in completing this project. And I'll note, I should probably note, I should say that the overall cost of the section foreman house, the restoration, preservation of it, and the, you know, exterior and, and, site work as well is around 1.3 million dollars so we still got a ways to go um and that also i should also say that includes 10 years of operations and maintenance of the building and the site too we thought that was important to include in our in our fundraising efforts Mm -hmm. so we're we're hopeful that more private donations will come the wyzetta conservancy is working hard at that uh i know that and then hopefully we can build upon our uh, grant funding too, and hopefully find some other uh, grants that we can pursue in the future as well. Absolutely. Well, 
a huge thank you to the Sandvold family for their very generous donation. Um, obviously, BNSF, their commitment to the project, um, since they're so closely tied yeah. um, to the Section Foreman House and the Minnesota Historical Society. Right. I mean, that is really what is getting us, you know, this momentum going in the right direction. Where would people go if they wanted to donate um, for the Section Foreman House and seeing it come to fruition? Yeah, so I would say it's just start with the Wyzetta Conservancy website. Um, that's probably the, your best place. There is information on our city website as well. Um, but the private donations is really being managed and, and operated out of the Wyzetta Conservancy, and they're doing a great job at it. So I just uh, start there and, and, and talk to the folks down at the, at the Conservancy for that. And what I, I really like about this Lakeshore Learning Center is really focused on its new acronym, I have to admit, that I learned yesterday at the State of the City Address, yeah. uh, STEAM. Yeah. Not STEM, but STEAM. So there's um, art included. So we right. have science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. So those yeah. are really kind of the core areas where the learning will occur. Is that correct? Yep. And that's that's a good point. I kind of learned that acronym a little bit too throughout this process too, working with our um, programmers and educational folks on the design review committee. So when when we wanted, when we were thinking about what kind of classes and programs we wanted at the section foreman house, we wanted to keep it simple, uh, more local. We really are thinking around 12 to 15, um, you know, uh, students per class down at the section foreman house. And talking with um, the educational folks, they they noted, you know, we have art classes around Wyzetta right now, and this would be, you know, a picturesque place to have uh, an art class too. So that's really, really started to really um, keep that STEAM learning acronym involved with the process too. And and I'll note that you know, it's not just the section foreman house that we're you know working on in this area. It's the the exterior of it too. The site itself is a great place to just um, have classes in the grass. We're looking at some different um, seating outside as well for the for the classes too. So they can really go inside, outside, depending on weather, what the different class and program is. And then there is also the the eco park over there too. That's kind of a different phase. I'm so excited out. about that. Tell yeah. me, let's talk a little bit about the eco park. Yeah, so it's it's right outside the section foreman house. It's going to be a really cool thing. Uh, a, pretty much a, a separate phase of Panway, but hopefully uh, we get the funding to do that uh, as soon as we can too. But it would be essentially a little boardwalk loop right outside the section foreman house, uh, right on the lake there as well, and it would really be allow the the kids and the uh, and the students to be able to access the different ecosystems and habitats there down by the section foreman house we would be working on restoring the wetland the marshland over there as well and that will really be able to allow kids to see the different ecosystems as they move up the water or into the land a little bit and see the aquatic life and different animals and stuff there Um, i was actually down there last summer and i saw some uh, a class there that was doing some experiments in the water too so i already know that these people are already thinking, or the folks are already thinking about it. So it'd be exciting to see that they could really get down into there a little bit more, thinking about even putting some netting down so they can just reach down and, and, and touch it and get a little uh, Kind of like dirty. a cargo net, right? Right, right? Yeah, that's really neat. I remember that in the original kind of designs that were presented right. to the council. Um, 
by Civitas right. when they were um, presenting all of that. And I thought, what an ingenious idea. Yeah. And you're just hanging over the water in this cargo netting and, and you can reach down and yeah. touch the water and, yeah. you know, pick up a frog or a fish or <laughs> whatever it is yeah. that kids do in these classes. But <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, it not only does it help restore the, the lakeshore, um, mm -hmm. but it creates just this amazing ecosystem, well, that already exists, but to improve it, right? right. And then tying in the educational component with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about that, too. And I yeah. hope we can make that come to fruition. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing, too. I mean, really, when you think about the Section Foreman House, it's, it's a bookend to the Panaway Project. You know, Depot Park's on the other side. So you got these really cool two separate historical uh, structures and areas and then you throw in this the steam learning that we have involved i mean there's a lot of cool opportunities i think with with these areas that we're creating so do you think the classes will be limited just for little ones or do you think adults might be able to take an art class and paint a, a landscape of why is that yeah. a bay yeah and that's something we talked about too specifically with why is that a community ed um they have you know, adult classes out here. And that was one of the things that, that they were noting too. I mean, it'd be great to have some people just sitting in the, in the grass or with some easels, uh, right outside the section foreman house, um, or utilizing the equipment in the section foreman house to, to experience the area a little bit too. So it will not just be for kids. Hopefully it'll be, you know, all inclusive, all ages. Um, yeah, it's, I think it'll be fun. Oh, that's great. Well, I might have to sign up. I can't, I can't draw or paint, but I'll try. There you go. <laughs> we'll auction it off. Maybe we'll raise some more hey, money. There you go. Great idea. I'm afraid we probably won't get more than five dollars, but that's okay. You know, uh, memorabilia. We'll call go. it that. There you go. Yes. All right. So, how are the, how are um, the funds coming along for future initiatives? Is it the same concept in terms of fundraising for those parts as well? Yeah, so it, it really, I mean, the Section Foreman House seems to be um, a little subset of the Panaway project. People have more interest in certain areas of Panaway based on their interests. But um, we really, if we get that funding um, for the Section Foreman House, for that operations and maintenance, I mean, hopefully when we create the construction documents, we get those all approved and all set, we'll be ready for whenever we um, uh, get the funds needed to to do it. So obviously with other aspects of Panaway, there's different uh, funding options there as well. So uh, we have a unique opportunity at the Section Foreman House to really focus on the historical aspect of it, but still with the environmental aspects of it too, there's different grant options uh, ready for that too. So if all goes well and we have the funding set up and we have all the plan sets and documents needed to to do the work, we'll hopefully start, you know, in, in 2023. Um, that'd be the ideal scenario. Now, obviously that still is dependent on funding and how that of goes. Course, so, yeah. so we're relying a lot on the, why is that a conservancy to help us out with that? Um, but we try to support them in any way that we can. So. Well, and listen to that. Yeah. Here we are <laughs> right, on right, right on cue. We've got the train coming by. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting. So it's very appropriate, right? But yeah, that's what exactly. we do here. We celebrate the railroad. Our town is what it is because of the railroad coming exactly. through. And and it's fun. And, uh, <laughs> well, that's 
That's amazing. I am really looking forward to it. So we're talking about potential start to construction 2023. Um we still have about a million dollars to raise right. uh, for just the section foreman house. Right. Um, so the anticipated um, timeline would look somewhat like we would work on the section foreman house first, and the eco park would come at a later time. Is that my is my understanding correct on that? Yeah, yeah. And again, it's it's relying on funding, but that's to kind of what we're thinking right now. Is that's how we're going to go? We're thinking that um, the boardwalk is a big priority between the depot park and the section foreman house. And and now that we're getting a good amount of funding already for the section foreman house, we're hopeful that that'll be um, starting construction possibly before the eco park and hopefully set up that area so uh, we can do the eco park work whenever we get the funding uh, for that area as well. So again, it's really dependent on, on a few different things, but uh, we're hopeful that section foreman house comes first and then eco park can kind of follow along with that. Well, if there's anybody out there that has a passion for steam, <laughs> uh, for ecology, historic yeah. preservation, reach out to the Wyzetta Conservancy yeah. to have a conversation about how they can help support this really important project, uh, not just for our community, but surrounding communities that will, uh, will come in for those learning opportunities as well and to come enjoy, you know, this amazing asset that we have and, um, you know, that we talk about the boardwalk being a crown jewel and, and it will be, there's no doubt about that. Um, but to be able to create an environment, um, for all people to come in and learn about the lake, uh, and, take that education to the next level in such a beautiful area um, and accessibility to all uh, through programs through the YMCA or right. YZ community yet is really special. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to that as well. Yeah, likewise. I mean, this is probably one of my favorite projects that I've been working on since I've been at the city. I mean, it's been great just interacting with everybody that's involved. I mean, there's so many people, so many passionate people, and it's been, it's been amazing to uh, interact with them and, and talk about the project and, the the optimism of it moving forward and, and getting completed so i'm i'm excited well we are so pleased to have you at the helm uh directing <laughs> yeah. this and uh reporting back to the council so i will see you on tuesday exactly yep um because we will be talking more about the section foreman house at the city council meeting but nick thank you so much for being here today thank you for all your work on this and uh, I'm looking forward to 2023. We're going to have a lot in store. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>